We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Oh, it's been too long. You probably thought, he's never doing this again. Well, uh, we'll get into more of that later. Um, honestly, though, it's really been, uh, there's just not a lot going on um, that it's worth mentioning. So, um, let's just uh, get into a couple of quick things right off the top. Uh, first of all, this is the Black Keys uh, with Gold on the Ceiling, which uh, I don't know if i played any Black Keys yet on the podcast, but uh, I found out, uh, learned about them through the game Rocksmith, which I continue to play, continue to enjoy. Um, and uh, this is, they give you one song for free, and then the rest you, you buy uh, through the downloadable content. Um, anyway... Uh, great song, great band. I think they might be assholes. I'm not sure. Maybe. Oh, anyway, so what I've been doing. Um, oh, yeah, quick things. Um, first of all, uh, TV. Um, uh, Mark Marin has a new TV show. It has a sitcom. And um, it's, you know, pretty much based on his life. It will be interesting to see how people react to it who do not know his podcast. Um, I can't imagine anybody will watch it who doesn't know his podcast. But it's really well done. It's very funny. It's It, it looks good. Uh, it's on IFC. And I think it's, what, Friday nights or something. I don't know. Uh, anyway, go check it out. It's called Marin. And then uh, Amy Schumer has a show on Comedy Central called Inside Amy Schumer. Get it? Because it's like having sex with her. Ha! Yeah! In the butt! Anyway, so those are two recommendations. Check them out. Uh, the other thing is, is that I thought was uh, weird. Uh, I was watching the... No, I wasn't watching. I had the TV on, and they were doing... It was either the pre-race or post-race commentary for the Preakness. Try to say that without popping your peas. The Preakness. Maybe the worst named thing ever. I have no idea what it means or where it came from. Let's just say it was an Indian tribe. That's it. And then they run the race on their dead bones. Sweet. Happy Columbus Day, everybody. The race itself, just like all of them, the Kentucky Derby, all these dumb horse races, they last... I checked it right before I did this. Literally two minutes. Literally two minutes. And somehow NBC has managed to squeeze some insane amount of time, like an hour or two hours. I, I was I was walking, I would think it was on at the gym, that's what it was. And I would walk back and forth, and I swear the same guy was being interviewed every single time. He was some fat old white guy and they continued to talk to him this is how you fill an hour of programming for a two minute race a 
And this is also how you fill time on a podcast while you're taking a drink of water, is you, uh, you let uh, the black keys fill the, the time. But anyway, so uh, there's that. Okay, so what have I been up to? Um, okay, so I have been lying to my coworkers. I'm really a woman. No. Uh, I hate it when people do that. They tell a joke and they go, no, no. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but uh, good old um, uh, Dave Keckner has a character. He just, no. I was down at the grocery store, no. And uh, he even can't commit to it. Um, oh, the Tinklers, foreign exchange student. What a terrible song this is. And yet, I love it for how awful it is. We do homework in your host family's basement. Yep, that's pretty much the whole song. Enjoy. Uh, when I used to work for um, uh, New Red Archives, it's a punk record label. Uh, he sold, I don't think this was on his record label, I think he sold, uh, he worked for Caroline Records as a part time, and he would call. Tower Records and ask him like how many copies of this album do you want? How many copies of this album? Literally store by store. Not like he would call, you know, Tower Records corporate Sacramento. He would call, you know, uh, Tower Records Campbell and be like, you want one copy of this album? Okay, we'll ship it to you. It sounds like a, a just and how anybody made any money at this does it makes no sense because it was literally he would be on the phone for the with these people for you know 20 minutes going through the catalog of albums and just telling them and, and that was the insane part was they never even heard these albums. They would just be like, well, what does that sound like? And he'd be like, and he'd made notes and he had listened to them or he had gotten notes from Caroline Records and he's like, oh, well, it sounds like, um, you know, uh, Jesus Jones meets a fist in your butt. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, we get a lot of butt fisting requests in Campbell, California. Because uh, we're the only thing open past 10 p.m. True story. Maybe. I don't... It seemed like it when you're 18. Anyway. So, um, yeah. A, no wonder Tower Records is out of business. B, um... Anyway, so he would be on the phone with them for like 20 minutes. And they would buy like three albums. You know, after this entire list of shit that he would go through. Okay, so I have been lying to my coworkers. Um, I um, so uh, all right. Now I don't want to bum everybody out, but uh, recently Miriam's mom passed away um, semi unexpectedly. She was in the hospital, uh, and then um, she had some fluid in her lungs, and then she just gone like a week later. Oh, God, that was now it got really super depressing because the music stopped. Don't worry, everybody. Don't panic. Ooh, Beast of America by this band Nico Vega. Um, I used this version. This version's really hard to find. I've only been able to find it on YouTube. This is the version that they used for the Bioshock Infinite uh, commercial. By the way, uh, for those of you who know, I am all about Bioshock and... Um, 
Yeah, Bioshock's pretty great. Bioshock Infinite's pretty great. I mean, they're all very much... Oh, this song's so great. Uh, all the Bioshock games are very much, you know, part of the family, even though they're, they're not set in the same location. They don't have the same characters. And I really wish more video games would adopt this idea of, like... We don't need the same characters every single movie, or, or, or movies even. Movies should do this too. We don't need the same characters every single time. You know, like like Die Hard. Die Hard's, well, there, Die Hard is, there is no universe to Die Hard, right? It's always just John McClane, John McClaning around. Oh, it's so heavy. Anyway, so I'm just, I just wish this idea of like, like the fifth element, I would have loved to have seen a fifth element sequel, but in that world and not necessarily, you know, those characters per se, speaking of Bruce Willis. And so I'm, I, I, this will never happen, but, um, I like that, you know, Bioshock does things like that. Oh, I like this drum, this drum break is great. Everybody dance now. Yeah. Okay, so Nico Vega, uh, Beast of America. So I have been lying to my coworkers because I hate the sympathy thing. Like one time Miriam had to go to the emergency room. She had allergic reactions and stuff. And I told my coworkers that, oh my God, is she okay? Is she all right? Do you really care? I mean, you've never even met her. Just calm down. Um, so I lied to all of them, and I just said, oh, we had to go for a family thing back east. Uh, and of course, the family thing, quote-unquote, was the funeral. So my boss knew because, um, you know, I had to fill out bereavement leave and all this stuff. And the company was very cool about it, you know, they... they Fortunately, we, we're not Jewish and we don't have any of those, you know, like real strict, like you got to have the body done this way in this amount of time. So it was like, you know, a couple of weeks went by and we scheduled it and we went up there, over there. But this story is all about getting there. Good Lord. So if I ever do this on stage or do it in some sort of popular format. I will change the names, but I'm not doing that now. Um, especially because the people who listen to this know me and uh, it will just make life a lot easier if we just use the real names. Uh, and I'm still kind of bitter about it. So in a way, it's just like, fuck you, all right? Uh, so if, if flying out, we have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, get up at 4.30 p.m. after my nap. Uh, I have a colonic and then an espresso and then I'm ready to go. Um, and so I, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and, uh, oh, here's the eels, by the way. Uh, now you're really living. Okay, and uh, I am a nervous flyer. So um, I, I get up. So I'm already sleep deprived. My whole plan, because the flight is seven hours, right? Uh, no, 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 six hours. The flight is six hours. It leaves at 7 a.m. 
Um, my whole plan is I'm gonna sleep on the plane. I've got some, I, I am a nervous flyer and my anti-anxiety pills help me sleep. Um, so uh, that's fine, I'm, that's my plan, that's what I'm gonna do. So we get there and uh, it's me, wife Miriam, her aunt Bunny, who is uh, her mom's sister, and then uh, Bunny's husband Gary. Gary's a bit of pain in the ass. Gary has always been a bit of pain in the ass. This is nothing new. So, time goes by. We don't really talk to each other. We're just sort of sitting there doing our own things. I'm screwing around on my phone, whatever. About 10 minutes before we board, Gary comes over to me and he says, can I see your boarding pass? I was like, yeah, all right. And, and mind you, I'm sleep deprived. I've already taken my anti-anxiety medication because I needed to kick in uh, before the plane takes off. So I, you know, I backdated a little bit just to make sure it's really there. Like, I don't want to, I can't time it to the minute. It's not like it's a syringe and I'm just like, mainline. Oh yeah, I just, I just mimed some Bioshock stuff there. So if you're playing along at home, just imagine a big vial of Eve with anti-anxiety meds in it, just stabbing into my arm. So, um, so he's like, can I see your boarding pass? I'm like, all right. And it's, you know, most of the time when it comes to Gary, it's like, you just don't want to get into an argument about it because he will. So you're just like, all right, here. So, um, I took a little dancing break there. Um, so, uh, I give him my boarding pass, he disappears. And I'm just like, I don't even think anything of it. I mean, I, I probably should have, uh, but I'm sleep deprived, uh, anti-anxiety, everything's really super like foggy and sort of in slow motion right now. So it's like, all right. So a few minutes, so actually Miriam looks over at me and goes, what was that about? I'm like, oh, you want important pass. Almost Bill Cosby. Could it be that everybody's impression of Bill Cosby would just be improved if they just were drunk? I was like, uh, so, so I, and I said, I don't know. And so, uh, she's sitting next to Bunny. A few minutes goes by. I guess she figures out from Bunny, or maybe she just figures out by herself what's going on. Here's uh, 6 a.m. Salvation by Versus Them. This is uh, another song I learned about from Rocksmith. Really a lot of fun to play. Um, so a few, a few more minutes goes by. And he comes back with my boarding pass, and now it's got, like, numbers scrawled on it. I don't really think anything of it. And then we get on the plane, and I'm realizing that my seat has been changed because Gary wanted an aisle seat. But, some, but because our tickets were booked together, they changed us both. I'm not afraid. And, of course... Gary didn't say, like, why are you changing his ticket? He didn't say anything. Because the selfish motherfucker only cares about the fact that he gets an aisle seat. And he is also... I mean, I hate to ruin the end of the story, but he's not all there. He's got some problems. He... So, I get my ticket, and I'm like... And, I'm, and as she's running it through the thing, checking us on the plane, I'm like, uh... Is this... 
on the, is this the last row of the plane? Because I know, because before I was like 18B and now I'm, you know, 25B. And I'm like, uh, that seems really far back in the plane. And she was like, you know what? I'm checking in people. I can't check. I'm sorry. I'm like, all right, no big deal. Of course, jump to, you know, the end of the story, and we are last row in the plane. Now, I don't have many demands when it comes to plane travel. Anti-anxiety meds and my seat has to recline. And it has to recline, especially for a five-hour plane flight to New York. I'm getting mad about it again. So... I don't know if I had just had an, an ass full of all of this, or I, um, I, I, uh, it was the anti-anxiety medication, but it, it was like I was channeling, uh, for those of you who have seen Parks and Rec uh, with Rob Lowe on it, um, I was like a really super angry Rob Lowe character, and no joke, no exaggeration, exaggeration, I turned to him and said, literally, I will murder you. And, uh, you know, not the kind of thing you really want to yell on a plane, um, but fuck it. I was so pissed. Um, I, and, then, and then he looks at me like he's all surprised. And I'm like, these seats. No, no. I said, these fuckers don't recline. A little uh, Lewis Black there for you. Mm. And this is a little Elliot Smith. Poor Elliot Smith. Tortured soul Elliot Smith. Uh, this falls under the category of artists that should not be forgotten. And I feel like so many of them have been. And I just, you know, I hope, uh, I hope people remember how great Elliot Smith was before he killed himself. Uh, he's not so great after he killed himself. Uh, he really hasn't done much work. So Gary then... We sit down and Gary says to me, mind you, I know our seats have already been taken. Like, cause as we were walking on the plane, I checked and our seats, people were already in them. So I was, so that's not an option anymore. So, okay. So then um, we've stowed our luggage above, you know, in the overhead and we're just sitting there and Gary's like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. As soon as the door closes, no more people are coming on. We'll just find other seats. There's gotta be other seats on this plane. I'm like, okay, okay, you're right, you're right. It'll be fine. So the door closes, Gary leaves. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, I guess that means, okay. I guess that means we're finding other seats now. Not like, hey man, let's go. No. I might be misremembering that part, actually. I'm not really sure. He might've said something, I don't know. I mean, really, the whole thing is Bukowski. Oh yeah, that's another, that's a fun thing. On Comedy Bang Bang, this guy does um, uh, Bill Cosby Bukowski. So it's like really nasty poems, but he does it in the voice of Bill Cosby. So that's always, it's always fun to do impressions where people say fuck a lot. It's always good. Anyway, so like my, my whole mellow mood has just been totally shattered by just how mad I am right now. Uh, you know, this whole idea of like, I'm just gonna mellow out, I'm just gonna sleep. It's like, I am a white hot ball of rage right now. It's like sleeping is the, probably the last thing I could, I mean, you know, I could rip the, in all the seats out of the plane before I could fall asleep. So I, okay, so I'm gonna go find another seat. So I walk down, maybe five rows and I see um, I see the, there are a couple of empty seats 
And on to my left, there is a guy, the huge, so there's a middle seat empty next to this huge muscle dude. It's like a bald, like Vin Diesel meets, uh, I don't know, uh, some other bigger Vin Diesel. <laughs> Imagine a big Vin Diesel and an even bigger Vin Diesel had a baby. It's this guy, but he's white. I don't, ex- don't ask me why he's white or how he's white. You know, because Vin Diesel. Uh, okay, and so he's to my left. I look to my right, and there's like a 20-something like pixie sprite uh, who uh, has collapsed her fairy wings into her uh, fashionable jacket and is just sitting there reading Real Simple Magazine. And, I, and I'm like, and the, and the muscle dude is like, has made eye contact with me and is making a face like, don't. And I'm like, okay. And so I just turn to my right again, trying to like, you know, do all of this under the fog of, of, uh, uh, Kalanapin. Oh, this is, um, Cake from their, uh, from their first album. Uh, this, this is, uh, Actually, one of the only songs that were on their demo tape, which I, I don't know if I still have it, but I had it for a while um, because they're from Sacramento and I got to see them before they were signed. And uh, this is, I think, the only song from the, the demo that made it onto the album. This is Daria. Anyway, so I'm like, I look over at the Pixie and, and so it's like Pixie on the aisle, middle seat, and this weird, dirty hippie. Very obvious he's a hippie. The guy makes... <laughs> Very, makes no effort to hide his hippiness. I look at both of them, you know, seeing that Vin Diesel baby is out of the question, and I look at both of them and I go, look, I know you're super excited to have this empty seat between you, but would I be the worst person in the world if I could ask if I could sit there? Because I'm in the last row. And the Pixie's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I mean, she takes up half a seat, right? Like, she's she's got room to... She's swimming in her own seat. And uh, the hippie, God bless the... As much as I hated on this hippie, um, God bless him, he says, uh, hey, man, it's just as much your seat as it is anybody else's. <laughs> Great. So um, I run, I get... Uh, the seat that I, you know, the backpack I'd thrown under the seat in the last row, I bring that up, uh, I leave the stuff in the overhead where it is, and I, and I sit down. Two hours into the flight, the hippie who is at, at, the, at the window has decided he needs to pee. It's fine. Look, man, it's not, it's not like I hate on the hippie. It's like, fucking hippie man he had to pee like fucking just put it in your coffee cup like oh right you don't drink coffee cause it's raping the earth no man has to pee it's fine whatever I'm cool with that so he stands up and I'm like oh okay this is the thing we're doing alright that's fine and uh, he's like no 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 it's cool and then I again Maybe these drugs, these anti-anxiety drugs, like, make me not question anything. Like, maybe one of these anti-anxiety drugs is like, game on, man. You want to, I can hold that bag for you. Sure. Eh, whatever, man. Um, but, and, and maybe that's just something I need to know about these drugs. So he stands up and he's, and I think he's just going to like, you know, gingerly step over, you know, my backpack and my legs and then, you know, do the same thing with the pixie. Nope. What he does is he 
puts one foot on the armrest and another foot on the other armrest and vaults himself over the two of us. Now, you know, these seats are not made of concrete. They've got some sway to them. And the pixie, of course, isn't holding these down. So we both go lurching forward. She get the pixie gets a of of an a face full of hippie ass and is rocketed awake because she was asleep before this. And and you know when you are dead asleep and then your seat just violently shakes like that, you kind of think the plane's going down and you don't really know what's going on. And of course, the dirty hippie had no idea that uh, what he had done was so awful Um, because he's already off, you know, waiting in the bathroom. And the pixie looks at me and she's like, she she looks at me and she says, I would have, I would have got, I would have gotten, I would have stood up and I, and I look at her and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I just thought he was going to scooch around us. She's like, I, you could have just woken me up. I mean, that would have been far less traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, no joke. She used the word traumatizing. Uh, maybe that's what I'm going to start saying instead of seriously or literally. No joke. I like that. Every, and everything but the girl. This is their off their acoustic album. This is um, a cover of Bruce Springsteen's "Tougher Than the Rest." Um, I, re- I this is a song that just popped into my head and wouldn't get out uh, the other day. I'm pretty sure I was on my period uh, when that happened, and I was just uh, you know standing at line at the Rincon food court, and then I just kept singing this. I don't know, weird. To avoid further such problems, I just decide I am going to the bathroom. And I'm walking down to the bathroom. And I'm noticing, you know, everybody's got their phone out, everybody's got their laptop out. And it's a very Apple-centric plane. Like, everybody who's got a laptop out has got a MacBook Pro and an iPhone. And then we get back to our seats. The Pixie's gone to the bathroom as well. We all come back. Um... The Dirty Hippie, of course, instantly whips out, like, the biggest 17-inch HP laptop and then opens his phone, which is, like, some 2001, like, slider phone that they don't even make anymore with some keyboard. And I'm just like, dude, you are off-brand every way possible. Like, you are not giving an inch. It's like, no, man, everybody's doing that. I'm going to do this other thing. There's another dance, baby. All you gotta do. Oh, I know. Yeah, we we, we land, and I see, I finally see Gary. Because I had lost track of him, I didn't know where he went. So I see Gary, and he's found himself an aisle seat. And he's sitting next to Bunny. And I'm like, oh my god. Is, Is Miriam, if, did Miriam have an aisle seat next to Bunny? And we could have just solved this whole thing uh, with with just her switching seats with Gary. And then I realized, no, 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 that's that's not what happened. Gary must have asked somebody, 
hey, I, can I sit with my wife? Could you give up my seat? Could, you, could we switch seats? And she was like, oh, okay, sure. Um, so then we land, everybody gets up. I now see Gary yelling back like five or six rows behind him for people to send up his stuff that he has put in the overhead compartment. He's got a coat, he's got a carry-on bag, he's got all this shit, and it's just like, fuck, dude, this woman gave up your seat. Just, I mean, and it's not like we were at, you know, row two. We were at row, you know, uh, 25 or, or 22, you know. He could have just waited the five extra rows, but no, 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 not Gary. Has no shame. Just doesn't, just fucking just doesn't feel like like he just feels like he can ask anybody anything to do anything for him and that's perfectly okay so i look over at the pixie and i point to the disturbance and i say and that is my traveling companion which is why i am sitting here of course, she had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, I, of course, thought everybody in the entire plane is staring at Gary and his demands. Sorry, everybody. I had to go change the music. Um, so the rest of this music is not stuff that I picked. Um, a good old Clark, former guest of the podcast, Clark, uh, he sent me a bunch of music a long time ago. So this is all stuff from him. So uh, if it all sounds familiar to you, Clark, that's why. <laughs> So the other interesting thing um, that happened on the trip, so we, we were there with, uh, so we were stayed at a bed and breakfast, and it was me, Miriam, her brother, his wife, um, it, her, Miriam's mom's brother and sister, so Bunny and you know her or her uncle John, and his wife, and of course the aforementioned Gary. It, it's weird when. You are with people, and you like them, and and you think they're nice people, but you know you can't believe a word that they say, because you know they've fucked up the facts somewhere along the lines, right? Because, you know, Bunny has a hearing aid that she sometimes uses, uh, John, her, uh, Miriam's uncle, mumbles everything, and is not reliable and Gary can't remember anything and it's just like you're just sitting at this table and people are saying things and you're just like you just have to like literally like forget it you just have to like don't don't remember that you heard this just instantly forget it because if you even think you know it you're gonna like quote it to somebody and then you're gonna forget where you heard it and then you're gonna forget that you can't trust that source it's a weird way to go through life, man, of just like, nope, nope, no. It's I don't and it was it was really tough. Like I had to work at like it was almost like I I I wasn't allowing myself to hear anything. It was almost like I had to like do the equivalent of just, you know, putting my hands on my ears and humming. So, of course, you know, sad times all around. Um you know, but I'm not going to go into the sad part. Oh, one thing I will do, though. <laughs> one of the one of the nice parts of the trip is uh, we got to see uh, Miriam's old school teacher. Her old art teacher was there and he is, you know, since retired from teaching art. And then he now uh, does 
antiques and art buying. So uh, he, you know, goes to these auctions, he buys stuff and then, you know, resells them for more. And uh, he, I tell you, okay, attention, Christopher Guest. If you are listening to this, you are free to take this idea. Well, you know, you're not free. Eh, come on, man. You're free to take it, but, you know, we get, I don't know, hire me as an extra or some bullshit. Get, you know, give me five words, right? So at least I could get into the union if I needed to be. Anyway, so um, he tells us this story. First of all, the great thing about, about Smith is that, that's the guy's name, uh, is that he name drops, but he name drops people as if you know who they are, and they're not celebrities. They're just people. So he's like, you know, Sasha and I went up to the Poconos because there was this art auction going up there, and I'm like, who? You know, it was like after the 10th time he said Sasha, I was like, who is this Sasha person? I've never heard of this person before. And he's like, oh, right, yeah, Sasha, blah, 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 and he tells me all about it. But mind you, of course, Sasha was not the name. Sasha was, the, it was much funnier. Um, uh, the name he actually has was some sort of crazy Greek name. But anyway, um, so, uh, he tells us this story that could be a Christopher Guest movie. And the story is he goes to this art auction and he he knows that the people who are going to be there are all sort of like B-level art auction goers. So they don't know everything about art. They have certainly their, you know, their specialty, but... Um, you know, that's, and that's fine. They, they have their specialty, um, but, uh, they rely on, like, scoping each other out and seeing what the other one is bidding on to know, like, oh, that's good. That, that, I could, you know, I, I need to bid on that because, you know, Smith is bidding on that. And so he does this whole elaborate, like, ballet to try and trick everyone into, like making them believe he's looking at one thing, but he's really looking at this other thing. And he's like, you know, checking his back pocket, but he's really looking behind him to check the, you know, aging on the painting to make sure it's really era true. Cause you never know, like maybe a forgery or something. And he goes through this whole ballet. Of course, by the end of it, um, it's just, you know, none of the people were looking at him at all. They were just, you know, a bunch of old farts uh, who were interested in whatever else. And he wind up getting the painting for like 200 bucks. But um, what's crazy is like just remove the end of the story and it's like oh right this is totally a Christopher Guest movie where it's like you have all the archetypal characters for all the different kind of art buyers and then they all are sort of bidding on this one thing and then you know there's all the like shifting and and competing and all of that and anyway come on Christopher Guest make that movie I told that idea to Miriam and she was like well why don't we make that movie and I'm like because we're not friends with Michael McKeon uh, Catherine O'Hara, uh, Eugene Levy, and like 20 other brilliant improvisers, you know? No? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. They, they, they kind of make the movie. It's not really Christopher Guest. I'm like, yeah, kind of, yeah. So here's the reason why I haven't been podcasting. Like I said, not really a lot's been going on. The other thing is that I finally decided that I am sick of my gut. And I, you know, all the working out I do, everything, all the exercise... And it's just still there, and I don't know why. 
And then, oh, I remember what it was. I, I was, uh, I follow this woman, Catherine Holland. Uh, she's a, a figure model, which is in the bodybuilding world. It goes like swimsuit model, figure model, bodybuilder. So she's kind of in the middle. So she's got muscle, but she's not roided out. In the men's competition, they don't have that. It's just roided out. Uh, and I had following her on Facebook, and she posted this blog post about how she changes her diet depending on what's going on with her. And I was like, huh, diet. You know, and she, she wrote this whole article that really was like, I never thought about, like, manipulating my diet that way. I just kind of eat what I eat and go to the gym, and I try to eat healthy and all that. And so I said, okay, look. And I knew she offered personal training. So I was like, fine. So I sent her an email, and I'm like, sign me up. Let's do this. The problem is she is used to training people who want to be competitors in a body arena, and that ain't me. And she's got me on this crazy workout program that just takes up every minute of my free time. And uh, it's, it's so, it's, it's, I don't know how anybody does this who does, has family or friends or any kind of social life because when you're not working out, you're eating, no joke. And, and, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it sounds really hard. It's fucking tedious, man. It's like, just, can, and, and it's not like you get to eat pizza. It's not like you're Michael Phelps, right? And you can just eat whatever. No, no. You have to eat like what they call eating clean, which means like chicken breast and vegetables with nothing on it, no sauce, and a little like half cup of rice with no sauce, nothing on it. And it's just, just so boring uh, and tedious to just be eating and working out and eating and working out. And if you have any kind of social life and you, you know, you go out with your friends and all this stuff, uh, you know, it throws off your schedule. You can't be eating and riding a roller coaster. Let's pretend let's pretend my friends like live in Coney Island. So anyway, um, so that's what I have been up to. And of course, it's not working. It's not fucking working at all. And I know, oh, let's all pity the man with first world problems. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, so I, it's, it's weird too, because not only is it not working, my body is not looking any different at all. I mean, it's not like I'm getting fat. It's not like anything is changing. And in a weird way, that's kind of cool. Cause it's like, maybe that's my superpower is like, maybe I'm amazing adaptability, man. Maybe I can adapt to any situation and personality wise. I'd say that's pretty true about me. It's like, you throw me in anything and I'm just like, all right, what are we doing? What's the game? It's like improv, right? It's like, what's the game? What's the heart of this? Like, where are we going? So that's what I've been up to. God damn it. I wish it would do something. Oh yeah. Oh, this is another thing. We tried, so my, so my trainer, Catherine Holland, uh, we do it all via email, by the way. Um, she was like, well, I know you said you, you weren't gonna give up drinking, but let's just try it. Two weeks, no drinking. I made it one week, and Saturday night, I was just like, Miriam had fallen asleep already, and I was like, eh, I wanna stay up and play video games, and I was like, this isn't any fun. I don't, I want to drink, I want to drink and play video games, it's like, it just, I know it's sad that I have this dependency on alcohol and video games, 
I mean, honestly, I could give up alcohol way easier than I could give up video games. But, uh, oh my God, it was so great. It was so great. Um, you know, I just forgot about everything except shooting dudes in the face. Uh, by the way, I'm, after I finished Bioshock Infinite, uh, I am now playing Borderlands 2, which if you liked Borderlands, more of the same. Um, but with a better plot, I think, if there was any plot to Borderlands. So, um, yeah, I, I, on the one hand, it sucks that I don't have that kind of discipline. But, uh, oh, hang on. This is where this song uh, kicks in. Hang on. Wait for it. This is the part of the trailer where the dude is running through the rain and he's like, ah, and Susan, and she's like, Roberts, and, and, and then they just hug and then uh, they just yeah, the credits and then fireworks and this summer. Anyway. So yeah, it's sad that I don't have the discipline to, you know, not drink for two weeks. I mean, we're not talking about forever. We're talking about two weeks. And I was just like, well, the good news is, is that I'm not, I didn't really have the urge to drink during the week. You know, I was focused and, and I guess because I was working out like a maniac, I really didn't have time. Um, but it is sort of sad that I just couldn't keep it together. But, god damn, man, when something makes you that happy, I don't know. I mean, it's not its not gonna kill me. I enjoyed it. And, and honestly, giving it up for two weeks, what would that have proven, right? Because it's unsustainable for me. I, I don't want to do that. That is not a life I want to have. So it wouldn't have gotten me anything to continue that. And in fact, this entire workout I am doing, this entire eating schedule, all of it, is relatively unsustainable. I can't do this forever. It's just too much goddamn work. And it's not fun, and it's clearly not working. Well, on that happy note. <sighs> so from me, from Adaptability Man, from the music of Bright Brown, Let's do this. Let's seriously. Let's do this one more time. Till then. Yes.